In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, listen to the Word of God as we start today, the Word of God that comes from Matthew chapter 2. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. Isn't it awfully easy for us to forget sometimes that Jesus was a refugee? As Afghans continue to flee the Taliban and find their way to new life, many are arriving right here in the Washington, D.C. metro area. And as ambassadors of Christ, we have the tremendous opportunity to meet their physical needs and share the good news of the gospel with our new neighbors. Well, our guests are here today to share some ways that can help practically and show the love of Christ to our new ta- new neighbors. And folks, you know the drill. You know how we get this going. We want to talk about it. And of course, to get us started, to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend and co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bales, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Buddy, it's good to see you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. It is, again, always good to get back together, see each other, but more importantly, amen, to talk amen. about the good news that comes from the gospel. You know, there's a lot that's in the news today uh, that talks about the country that we live in, and we would be remiss to say uh, we got some challenges. But as many challenges as we might have here, uh, we woke up this morning, most of our listeners, maybe there's a few that woke up in a different country, but we woke up in a country that allows us a level of freedom, a freedom of discussion, a freedom of religion, a freedom of all kinds of things that people all around the world don't have. And, um, And so there's a way to be thankful about that. And also, in the freedom that we've given and the privilege that we've been given to live in this country, we also have an opportunity to respond as people of grace. More importantly, yes, not because yes. we're from this country, but more importantly, because we are sons and daughters of God. Amen. We are followers Amen. of Jesus Christ. And so we have on the show today uh, two people, by the way, who've been friends for 25 years and they're still hanging out with each other, still doing things for the kingdom. Uh, and they're going to talk about what's happening here uh, in the United States and how we as a people can respond and help with what's happening all the way on the other side of the world with the Taliban and Afghanistan and the refugees that are coming here. So we're glad to have in studio both Chris Six and Reverend Mary Amandolia Gardner. Let me tell you about Chris first. Uh, he's the pastor of One Voice Fellowship. It is a multilingual church in the Northern Virginia area with members from 16 different countries. He's a founder and president of For the Nations DC, which offers English classes to refugees and immigrants. Uh, so that the new neighbors that we all have can learn English and experience the love of Jesus. He's also the author of Tangible, Making God Known Through Deeds of Mercy and Words of Truth from Nav Press. You can find that in many different places. Google it, and I'm sure it'll be a blessing to you. Um, 
Reverend Gardner, or as she's allowed me to say, Mary is an ordained Anglican priest. Works also with One Heart DC. The longtime listeners know that, you know, as you just said, Dennis, this show is a partnership between WABA and One Heart yes, DC. Indeed. And indeed. she's the director of the initiative with Afghans. She's also a spiritual director with Coracle and is currently pursuing a doctor of ministry in curating community through the arts. Uh, she's trained for ministry uh, in all kinds of places. Uh, we will go into all of that, but she has an MA in Christian spirituality at Haythrop College and University of London with a focus on the visual arts and spiritual transformation. Uh, she previously served in outreach at the Falls Church Anglican, including working with and helping refugees and asylum seekers. And she spent over 25 years involved in global missions work. Thanks to both of you for coming. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to talk to people who know much more than what we probably do as listeners and interviewers about what's going on in Afghanistan and what's happening here in the Washington metro area and how we can get involved. So let's start with that. And Mary or Chris, it doesn't matter which one of you want to go first, but as people are coming here into the Washington metro area from Afghanistan, uh, paint us a picture. What does it look like for this Afghan community coming here? How many refugees are we thinking right now in just the Washington metro area? And what do we estimate is going to happen in these final days as there's still this continual withdrawal from Afghanistan uh, back here to the United States? Well, it's great to be with you all. Thanks for having us on your show today. In terms of actual numbers, um, it's hard to say. Um, to date, we've had about 6,000 incoming Afghans to our area uh, with potentially more coming, thousands more coming in the next few weeks. So the need is really great to welcome these people into our community. This is what I'll say this morning. This is an unprecedented opportunity for the body of Christ to work together in unity. And I have to say my heart has been, it's heavy for our Afghan brothers and sisters, for their country, um, for coming, many of these people are coming to our country with literally the shirts on their back, but it's a huge opportunity for the church, non-denomination, denominations to work together to show the love of Christ. Mm. Yeah, we talk about this idea of John 17 unity a lot. In fact, it's one of the pillars of One Heart DC, um, that there's so much more as believers in Christ that we have in common than we do have that are different. And certainly the idea of uh, Micah chapter 6, 8, you know, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly, love your neighbors yourself in Matthew chapter 22. All of these are basic things. We talk about helping uh, those who have come in. Now, you certainly mentioned, Mary, that uh, when they come in, they, they don't have much with them. It's not like they're bringing a U-Haul. And I don't mean that to sound uh, funny. They don't have that opportunity. They may have a suitcase of that. And so we can think, obviously, of some ways in our own uh, thought processes of this is how we could help. But I'd love for you, uh, one of you, to kind of help us. What are some immediate things? They land here. Uh, a lot of them, I know I live out here in uh, the western part of uh, northern Virginia and near Loudoun County, actually in Loudoun County, Dallas Airport. They're coming in every day uh, right now, and groups of people are meeting there. What are some immediate ways that, that we can help? Yeah, that's the question all the churches are asking right now, and this is why it's good news. Let me just first say a little bit about uh, oneheartdc.org forward slash Afghans is the website people can go to to get some mm -hmm. specific information on ways to help our incoming brothers and sisters. We, um, we put together this site because uh, my role is basically being a matchmaker, if you like that imagery, of matching churches with uh, 
settlement agencies in the area and other ministries, ministries that teach English as a second language, ministries that support, have long time in the area supported incoming folks for immediate needs. Uh, they change every day. There's housing needs. Uh, there's needs for finances. There's needs for material goods. Um, so those needs, um, it's going to keep on going for the next few months. I think as Americans, we have short, short attention spans, and we are delighted that we're doing this show today. But if you want to think of this in terms of a marathon, there's going to be many opportunities in the months ahead for the church to work together and to show the love of Christ in practical and tangible ways. And we can talk more about that in a moment. Yeah, that, that's a great reminder, uh, Dennis. You know this about me. Mary just mentioned that as Americans, we have short attention spans. And Mary, just a second ago, when you said matchmaker, I'm singing Fiddler on the Roof in my head. Matchmaker, matchmaker, <laughs> make me a match. And, and that's just a song. How many things do we have drawing us from our neighborhoods and from the news and that sort of that will pull us in many directions that, that will get us off mission, that will get us off some of these things? Now, Chris, certainly uh, the desire to help is a good thing. And I think I've experienced this, and maybe you've experienced this from time to time, where people go, and I like to use this term, they're helpfully unhelpful. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean this, their heart is in the right place. They want mm-hmm. to love their neighbor themselves, because, but because maybe they lack information, maybe uh, they lack uh, cultural understanding or those sort of things in their attempt to help, they create some more barriers. So my assumption is that uh, a lot of the people that we're going to be engaging, and again, uh, Mary just mind of that website, you can go to oneheartdc.org forward slash Afghans and find more practical information there. But a lot of them, they, they come, you know, extremely different religious background, cultural background. And I imagine very few of them uh, have the ability to, to be connecting even in language standpoint, they speak a different language. Is that a fair understanding? Absolutely. Um, one of the challenges that we've found and at For the Nations DC, we have a lot of Afghan students. And one mm-hmm. of the challenges for a lot of our new neighbors from Afghanistan is, and particularly with these um, who are coming on special immigrant visas. So we might refer to SIVs. That's mm-hmm. the status that a lot of our Afghan friends are coming on. Many times the husband worked with the US forces. Um, they served in some way helping um, the allies there. And so they speak English. Many of them were translators. Um, but the wife often was at home with the children. Um, she speaks no English at all. The children don't learn um, English um, in Afghanistan. And so that's one of the big hurdles is just the language barrier. Um, but you also mentioned the cultural barrier. Afghanistan is one of the most conservative um, Muslim countries there are. And so um, there are a lot of cultural examples. Um, I remember a new Afghan woman who came to our classes at For the Nations, and I said, oh, it's so great to meet you. And I reached out um, to shake her hand, and she just held her hands uncomfortably at her side. Mm. And then I realized, oh, yeah, I, I'm not supposed to touch an Afghan woman. And, and you know, I'm a pastor who has worked with this population, and I forget these things. And so yeah. I'll just say that one of the key strategies that Mary and I've been talking about with this um, uh, response that we're trying to help the body of Christ um, respond well is to direct people to organizations that have experience so that no one is out there as a lone ranger, just, you know, showing up at the Dulles Expo Center with Bible tracts, trying to, you know, convert our new neighbors to Christ and not Mm -hmm. having any clue about how you can actually do some more damage um, if you don't go in uh, in partnership with an organization that knows how to do this well. 
And that's a great reminder of contextualization. It's not about heart, but, you know, if you even go into scriptures, look at Acts chapter 17, Paul walks into a group of people and he wants to tell them about the gospel, but he understood their context in a way that he can say, I see you have an altar to an unknown God. Let me tell you, it is. He contextualized it. And especially when we have such differences, I, I imagine that that the uh, the Afghans you have mentioned already, very conservative Muslim country, their perception of America already in our culture probably isn't one uh, based upon the information they get is one where it sees us uh, as uh, one that's very good. Yeah, you know, I'll just, and I want to hear what Mary has to say too, but, you know, many people in Muslim countries around the world think of the United States as a quote-unquote Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then when they see the kind of movies and music and entertainment that we export around the world, it makes it hard for them to have a positive view of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, we as believers can distinguish between worldly entertainment and what is truly biblical, but most people in the Muslim world have never heard anything true about Jesus. Um, even the most watched televangelists around the world are, they're frankly false teachers promoting a prosperity gospel. And so many of our new Afghan neighbors, they've never heard the simple truth of the gospel that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. But we need to remember not to lead with gospel presentations. We lead with kindness and deeds of mercy, and we earn the right to be heard. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful point that you're making. We're not saying you don't speak the truth about Jesus, but what we're having to do, if I'm hearing you correctly, is reorienting their view about who Jesus is. And we don't reorient a view about Jesus is through words. We reorient a view through actions and deeds. And so, Mary, this really sets up a a great opportunity for us uh, as the people of God, as the people called out to live out the truth of the gospel to others, to bring good news uh, through words and actions to the world, to to get in and to, to help. And there's so many things I imagine that they're processing. It's not just a, a physical thing of I need clothes, which is there, I'm sure. They don't have places to stay. Even if they have places to stay, it doesn't mean there's the mattress, doesn't mean there's all the things that we just you know take for granted. But there's, there's a whole lot of other things uh, that are there as well. Why don't you speak to some of those, if you would, for, I know, again, you know, you can go to the website and find out some more stuff, but sure. you know, open up that picture for us. Yeah, I think, um, I, and I just want to start, I know if, if uh, people hear anything today, um, I want them to hear this as churches. It is an unprecedented opportunity to respond as community. I know I've talked to so many people that want, you know, they very, very much want to, let me tell you how many people want to help. Lutheran Immigration Services, L-I-R-S, I I think have that acronym right. It's an umbrella organization for the local resettlement agency, Lutheran Social Services. So L-I-R-S last week received 25,000 applications for volunteer help. That is amazing. That is Mm. unprecedented. And so that gives you a sense of scale of how eager people are to help, which is wonderful. And I think churches are perfectly equipped to love in community. As Americans, we think so individually, we think one-on-one and one-on-one is great, but ministering to our Afghan brothers and sisters, they're coming as families. And the average size of a family is I believe like five to eight people. And so one of the wonderful things I'll, I'll say for Lutheran social services, they have something called the good neighbor program. I would love to see churches take small groups, or if you're a smaller church, an entire church, 
work with one of these agencies and adopt a family and then walk with them for the next six to 12 months, help them with practical needs, um, show them how to use the bus, show them how to use the Metro, um, just very practical, easy things. And one person is too much. It's too much work for one person to do, but a group of people, a small group of people can show support in really helpful ways. So that's why we encourage people um, to go to our, our website, One Heart, dc.org forward slash Afghans with an S on the end. We have a form there people can fill out. And, you know, we are working with these agencies daily to see what their needs are and to, to match those interests. I would also say that I would um, reiterate the need for people to be patient. Yeah. Uh, one of the most important things everyone can do right now is pray, pray, yes. pray, pray. And that sounds so trite and that sounds so overdone. But we serve a God who can do miracles. God is amazing. And the greatest joy is found in the presence of the Lord. And if you are watching the news daily, and if your heart is not moved and stirred to tears, lament is a gift. Lament Mm -hmm. prayer is good news because Mm -hmm. we lack words for the scale of human suffering that we are watching every day on our TV screens and on our phones. So that's, those are some ways that people can help. And for some people listening right now, they may be just processing that for the first time that lament is a gift. And we're like mm. that, you know, maybe we do a whole show on lamentation sometime in the future to help us understand that. And, and you're bringing up a, a lot of good points over and over Mary that, you know, I, I just think that, as we think about, you mentioned earlier, uh, people have short attention spans, that this is something we say to be patient and pray. This isn't going away. Uh, this is much like I think all of us have spe- experienced a, a loss of a family member, maybe a, a spouse <clears throat> or a father or mother or maybe even a child. And what is fairly common in those scenarios, we know that, that everyone sees the need up front and they go and their heart is desirous and good. And, and maybe it's a month, maybe it's two months. Uh, but then you know, it kind of backs off, but the, the pain and the trauma and the difficulty goes much longer than that. And many times people find themselves in isolated moments. And we can't imagine that's even more so because just because, you know, you've been here for two months that doesn't even come close uh, to assimilating into what new life would be. Um, are there places that, that we're connecting through One Heart DC or the places that could also help with some of the trauma recovery and the mental health services? Uh, because we all know, um, it's one thing to take care of our physical needs. It's a whole other thing to deal with the emotional, spiritual, and psychological things that come with all the difficulties that's been yeah. occurring in Afghanistan. I, yeah, I'd love to speak to that and then hand it over to Chris because Chris, Chris has some good things to say about this too. People are arriving from Afghanistan have experienced complex trauma. And sometimes doing good is not good enough <laughs> in terms of the volunteers. And that's one of the things that we want to grow into over the next few weeks and months is to offer some trauma-informed training for volunteers so that when they work with Afghans and frankly, other refugees or asylum seekers who've experienced complex trauma, that we can help well and not hurt people. And I think that's really important. Chris has a lot of experience um, working with these populations in the Northern Virginia. So Chris. 
Yeah, um, I'm a facilitator with the Trauma Healing Institute and uh, have uh, led healing groups for the last uh, 10 years and have found that it's really powerful when you open up the Word of God with people who have suffered uh, complex trauma in community. Um, and so we're going to be um, trying to expand some of the efforts um, to bring trauma healing resources um, in the coming months and years. And it really is going to be years. And I want to go back to what Mary said about um, sponsoring um, or adopting a family. Um, I really believe that the best solution that God has um, for people who have been through this kind of um, complete upheaval of their lives is the local body of Christ simply loving a family over a long period of time. Um, one of the most healing things that can happen is to have someone um, come alongside you. You think of um, uh, Jesus referring to the Holy Spirit um, as a comforter, the word paraclete, one who comes alongside. And when you come alongside in a loving and compassionate way over a long period of time, it not only helps with the trauma, um, it not only helps someone figure out how to navigate the school system and ride the bus and open up a bank account and find a job, um, but it also says God is with you and it can open someone's heart in God's good timing to hear the gospel. That's a good word. Now, one of the things that is a core tenant of uh, One Heart DC, it's a core tenant of WAVA, it's a core tenant hopefully of all of our lives, is this idea of prayer. You mentioned already, Mary, practically that we should be praying for the Afghans that are coming so uh, in the last couple of minutes, give us a couple of prayer points, how we can pray for them as individuals and how we can pray for our nation as we continue uh, to deal with a, a lot of the things uh, that are coming out of what's been occurring. Yeah, I think it's, it's easy for us to be cynical about what our leaders are doing and to play the blame game. But I think if we earnestly seek God to pray wisdom for our leaders pray wisdom for those who work in resettlement agencies who are absolutely exhausted and overwhelmed. Pray for our incoming Afghan brothers and sisters to get connected to community. Pray for our armed forces who are traumatized um, at various levels. And I'm delighted to know that you all will be doing another show um, speaking about our military. Um, pray for um, people to be welcomed and loved well. Um, Jesus said in John 13, you know, we are to serve one another and the world will know Christians, real true disciples by our love. Yeah. And so I think that's what I'm praying for is that we would, and encourage others to pray that we would mm -hmm. increase in our love to the body of Christ. Chris, anything you'd like to add? Um, I just want to add that you, uh, Mary mentioned veterans and as a veteran myself um, who served in the Middle East, not in Afghanistan, but you know, these, um, these men and women served us over there. They helped us over there. And it's now our opportunity to help them over here. And um, so not only as veterans, but then as believers who see that this is the work of God. You know, you mentioned Acts 17, and later there Paul says um, that God made all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out appointed times and histories and boundaries so that people would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. And so this is the work of God bringing people here. We might think of it as, you know, political or policy behind it, but this is really God's work. He is sovereign, and we want to come alongside what he's doing for the good of these people and his glory. 
And as I pass it back to you, Dennis, just a reminder, no matter how big this is of Ephesians 3, he's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, because it's not our power. That's at work within us. And so as we continue to pray, we look to him to do through his people what he wants done. Right, Dennis? Amen, man. I, I uh, First, let me just say thanks again to, uh, <clears throat> to Pastor Mary and to Pastor Chris. Hey, God bless you all for what you're doing. Thank you so very much. Mm, thank you. I, uh, when I was taking notes today, by the way, I, I capitalized all my notes because it's so big, isn't it? I mean, it's, mm, I heard Mary mm. say a couple of times, unprecedented, but also opportunity, mm-hmm. an unprecedented opportunity. And I put big pray, man, a big pray, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and God is able to do this. And, and we don't want to be um, lax about that or joke about that in any way. And Brian's right, man. God can do a, a lot more than, than we ever think about. So thank you both. God bless you for being here. Folks, you heard it. You heard the needs. Hey, please go to oneheartdc.org forward slash Afghans. That's oneheartdc.org forward slash Afghans. You can always call me at the radio station at 703-807-2266, 703-807-2266. And I can get you in touch with Chris, uh, Pastor Chris or Pastor Mary and uh, and get you in touch with these folks. But again, let me say it one more time before we get off the air, oneheartdc.org forward slash Afghans. So um, go there, check it out. You can give a gift. You can do a lot of things. You can volunteer to help. And we are grateful for all of that. Thank you again for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.